Welcome to a special season of the Success is My Religion podcast. I am in partnership with the HBCU Experience Movement. This movement is to highlight HBCUs. They wrote a couple books, and the authors of those books are coming on my podcast to talk about themselves, what they're doing, how how HBCUs affected them, and and help them propel their lives to such heights and success. Um, so we're going to highlight these authors of the books that they have out, the HBCU uh, experience movement. These ladies and gentlemen graduated from those HBCUs. They're doing powerful things. And as we all know, success leaves clues. And these conversations will definitely add tremendous value to you in your success journey. I hope you enjoy. Share this podcast. Give me those five stars and leave a comment. Welcome to another episode of the Success is My Religion podcast. I'm here with another power couple, Stephanie and Jabari Walthour. Did I say hey. that right? Walthour. Yeah. 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 HBCU power couple. Uh, they are touted as one of the fa- one of the favorite Aggie couples from North Carolina A&T University. Um, right. <laughs> And Jabari works for Amazon Amazon's global division, and uh, Stephanie works as a uh, is a sex therapist with her own practice in Atlanta, Georgia. Welcome you all to the the Success of My Religion podcast. How are you all? We're doing well. Good, we're good, Michael. How are you? Yeah, I'm fabulous. Um, we were just talking earlier about uh, the changes to businesses and. Um, so just tell me about what what's going on in you your lives. You have yeah you have two kids, and you know there's a whole lot of changes to schooling and different things like that. So we'll start off with what what's going on with you all. Oh man, that, that's a that's a big start. That's mm. a big. Start. <laughs> oh my bad. <laughs> you wanted more directed. I can direct a little bit more. <laughs> that that's a big start, Michael. But um, it's life right now. So yes, we have uh two amazing boys. Uh, BJ is our ten year old that wakes up every morning with how can I piss mommy and daddy off, and then. <laughs> is our amazing three-year-old but such like a sour patch so lovey so kissy and then will smack you in the face the next moment so we are always busy with them um but like you said this time and this space of life that we're in is so different um i do have my own private practice here in atlanta i'm a licensed manager family therapist as well as a sex therapist i've been doing it for a couple years now um i think the cool thing is i think god kind of prepared me for this because we moved from destin what about two years ago now um too. And so I see clients still. So I'm still licensed in Florida. And so I still see clients online from Florida. So it's kind of been prepping me, I guess, for this time that we're in right now where I have 
went fully virtual and seeing all mm -hmm. of my clients online. So um, I hated it at first. God, I did not want to see clients online, but it really has opened up some doors, opened up some space. I'm a stay at home mom, mm -hmm. I say now, but I still works. So I don't know how that works. Um, but, <laughs> you know, to homeschool my kids right now in this time and space that we're in um, and kind of see clients uh, while Jabari's tucked away in the office, you know, working from home as well. Um, we have mom here with us, um, helping us out a lot. Huge um, help. She's a huge help. Man, God, she's a huge help. Um, but uh, we're doing it. We, 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 we are managing it. Crazy enough, right? We're live. We're live. And I think still kind of happy. Yeah. Still kind of well, good. <laughs> I hope you, it sounds like you're still happy through all the pain and the rain, right? Right. Right, 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 right. What did you say, mate? No, I was, I mean, just echoing a lot of what you said, just about the times that we're in, just so commanding of, of us as parents, mm -hmm. you know, spouses, mm -hmm. uh, homeschool teachers, mm -hmm. employees, <laughs> right. business owners. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just so many hats we're wearing right now at one time. So uh, it's definitely making these times a little more tough. But uh, we're just excited to do this podcast with you, Michael. We Happy you got us on. Yeah. Just want to tell a little bit about our HBCU experience. And uh, hopefully it inspires some high school students somewhere or some parents of, of high school students to at least, you know. Look into eat. it. Yeah. yeah, you got to at least consider us. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not what you hear. We've, we've got such a connotation in this world of thinking, you know, black is lesser. Um, mm -hmm. and, and that's definitely not the case. So we just wanted to share our experience with you all. Yeah, and uh, I I work at a majority minority high school, so uh, like I I I didn't understand what the students were because uh, I was just like just go to whatever college that that give you the most money or whatever. But some mm -hmm. of them were insistent on going to HBCUs, and I didn't understand it because I didn't go to HBCU. But mm -hmm. while doing this uh, podcast series and partnering with the HBCU experience movement, I was like, oh, I see why, because it took me a while to uh, to to research my roots and come to the understanding that, you know, white ain't always right or, you know, just just to kind of get our history in and the feeling that I have being around people that know the history and can give you knowledge and and kind of help you uh, maneuver through like any situation that comes up um, as a black individual. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, so talk about, did you all meet at uh, North Carolina A&T or how, how did that work? <laughs> so we met our first week of school there. We met freshman orientation week. What? Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. Freshman orientation? First week. Yeah. Step yeah. Now, it took, you know, two years later before we started dating. But, yeah. but uh, it's, it, I mean, friendship started early, very yeah. early in college. Uh, we had a mutual friend from Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And uh, she That's used, my roommate. Yeah, she ended up being Stephanie's roommate. And I would, you know, call over to ask for our mutual friend just to kind of speak with her and just see, hey, you know, how your day going? What we doing tonight? You know, what's pop? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Steph would pick up. Steph would pick up. You know this. The old days, you had to call the room. You know, you had yeah. a, the room had a, had a number. <laughs> yeah. It had a landline, mm -hmm. and somebody 
that you wanted to speak to may not have been the person that picked up the phone. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Steph would pick up the phone a couple of times when I would call over there to, to speak with Shannon. And uh, man, her voice was the first thing that attracted me. You know, she, she's got, you can tell, you know, five minutes into this interview, she got a great voice, you know. And uh, I looked at it kind of, uh, well, you know, this is, yeah, what 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 rated show is this? College, college age student and parents. Like, what what is that? <laughs> no, nah, man, fast forward, you know, from freshman year, two years later, we were dating. Mm-hmm. Uh, four years after that, we were married. Uh, so it, it went pretty fast, but yeah. I don't regret that moment or decision at all. Oh, thank you. But Michael, you know, that's the funny thing. That's what we kind of talk about in the book um, with our HBCU experience. It's our love story. You mm. know, our HBCU is a love story. It's, it's, it's us. It's us falling in love. It's um, the people surrounded about around us that we're in love with and that love us and that support us. Um, the biggest thing is, yes, we are very successful and God is so good because of that. But our success also is rooted in the people that we know, you know, and and, um, the relationships that we have. We are rich because we have very rich relationships Um, that that is just that's our experience when it comes to that. Um, Is did you build those relationships with the intent of actual networking? Because like I have I'm, I'm like a stickler to kind of rules. Mm-hmm. And once I, you tell me a rule, like I'm a, I'm a follow it, you know, until, mm-hmm. but so networking people like network, network, network. And this might be from me being in like, uh, I guess for lack of better words, the white world too mm-hmm. much, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? I like to build relationships. Mm-hmm. And if, if business comes out of those relationships, um, Yep, that's a plus. Mm-hmm. But I would rather go into a room and meet as and talk to and have genuine conversations with as many people as I can, mm-hmm. uh, just to connect on a, a human level. Because you're going to remember me about by how I treat you, and mm-hmm. and our conversation and and what we talk about. Because I kind of get deep because I'm I'm kind of introverted and I don't like small talk. But but did those relationships build based off of I I know this person is going to be successful or whatever. So I'm going to to, uh, be a part, uh, you know, be around them. Funny funny story. Funny story. Okay, I mean, so in high school, I graduated near the top of my class. Right. I mean, I was the top boy out of my class. Um, And, you know, I came to school thinking I'm a hot shot. You know, I'm a, I'm a son of a, uh, my dad was valedictorian, got two degrees from, from Georgia Tech, you know, two engineering degrees. Um, and so, you know, I'm thinking I'm hot stuff. Man. Going into your HBCU. Going into HBCU, just going into college. Just like, mm-hmm. man, college, I've, I've never really, you know, struggled or, um, you know, I, I, I was ready for it. Yeah, academically. Academically. So, uh, you know, I was in the honors program, um, you know, just around people that were, hell, just as good and better and brighter. And it was like, whoa, it was an eye opener. Like, oh, you ain't the only one, you know. Um, but it's funny how 
how high of a regard I held my intellect in um, coming out of school. And my wife wasn't in classes with me, had no idea that I was this bright guy. Um, had no you idea. You only know what I thought of him, <laughs> my guy. I'm waiting for you. You know, just because outside of the classroom, man, I am a jokester. I am all about having fun. I am all about, hey, let, let's let's turn up. There's no way you could tell me he was the smartest person in his school. Because I was like, really? who did you go to? <laughs> like, <laughs> where they teach there? <laughs> like, you know, and that's why I laugh when you say, you know, did we build these relationships? And even with friends, I mean... I'm Jesus, like I, I don't, I don't even want to talk bad about them. Like yeah. you just be like, there's no way. <laughs> but that also let me know that the attraction was genuine too. Like yeah. she wasn't sitting here camping out, waiting on me. I, like I, I was a kid that always thought I would be successful. Uh, right. she, she wasn't sitting there camping out waiting on me. I was driving listen, I was driving him around. Like, you know, like I, yeah. I had a cell phone. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. that was that that was the thing. But I think even with the friendships, it was like I don't think none of us had that in our head. Like we were just kids. We were just having fun. We were just college students. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. we were it was just genuine. Hey, my mama sent me $20 this week. You want to go to Bojangles? Like, mm -hmm. yeah. You know, like a genuine mm -hmm. care of one another, making mm -hmm. sure we all were okay. You Almost know? like playground, like friendship. Yeah. You know, friendship you develop if you were like yeah. a toddler and you were just on a playground yeah. and somebody, you it was doing the same thing. You got like to do monkey bars together. Yeah. That, I mean, mm -hmm. that's how friendships kind of develop. We, it wasn't all no, that guy going to be successful. That guy's going to be president. That girl is gonna be adopted. I mean, it wasn't yeah. like that. Because if you only saw us at those moments, we we didn't have anything. We had anything. <laughs> no one nope. had anything. We all were on the same nope. playing field. I don't think we really started looking at majors and what this person was gonna go out and make. What maybe into like senior year ish? I mean, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was like <laughs> oh, they're engineers. Oh, she's gonna be a teacher. Oh, yeah. she, you know, it was. Yeah, that, nothing, nothing like that. Yeah, when you, when you say it like that, that's, that's funny. Like, yes, yeah, so no, these no, relationships. no agendas, <laughs> no agendas, yeah, like, not at all. Right, because it, you know, a lot of people get in fraternities, sororities, mm -hmm. in PWIs mm -hmm. that they get into them thinking they are well for the community that they're going to be associated with. Mm -hmm. And and that's true to an extent with all all uh, Greek organizations, but I think it's a little different between the two because it, and I talk to people on both sides, so I just I'm just an inquisitive person. So when I you know talk to a a, a guy that was in a fraternity, a white guy that's in a fraternity um, in a PWI, and he tells me like we're that organization's been around for years and and it it's designed to to keep uh keep the um the the country going or the world going type of thing and i'm like man that, like i don't know if i i, I want to be ruled by uh, you know just that world because that that's a fraternal order like they're like not a lot of people are getting into that you know what i mean it's not necessarily inclusive and, and this is just me talking. Like, I don't have no problem with <laughs> fraternities, sororities, all of that stuff. I'm just, you know, talking. But Yeah, it's um, different modes. 
you know, I think the motives are different when you talk about black Greek letter organizations. I definitely didn't become an alpha just because I wanted to have a network. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I became an alpha because I saw like-minded individuals. I saw, um, you know, the, the, the polished product. Um, but it, was, it wasn't about the network, man. It, right. And and that's what I see in uh, uh, with with black organizations like that, black Greek organizations, because my, my cousin's uh, husband is, I forgot which fraternity he's in, but, you know, like they live right across the street from one of uh, his uh, fraternity brother's businesses so he got a, a a daiquiri shop right across the street in downtown <laughs> kansas city you know mm-hmm. what like what's the odds of that you know what i mean yeah. and they show love and like i i didn't grow up with brothers and sisters i'm an only child and uh, like i i was just like i'm i'm involved in basketball i got this organization that i'm mm-hmm. involved with i'm uh i'm a resident assistant i got full-time school in college like Adding another organization to the list, I was like, and and the college that I went to was so small that they didn't, they weren't really active. Like like what I see out strolling and in, mm-hmm. in in the pa- parties and stuff like that. Like it, it just didn't uh, appeal to me. And now we only have one black fraternity on campus, also. So I was like, that's the only one I'm gonna join because these, these these white boys, <laughs> I ain't getting down like that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. What what fraternity was on campus? Uh, what was on the Sigmas. The Sigmas was the only one. Yeah. Okay. That's a yeah. good Sigma brothers out there, man. I know, but just our the one at the on campus, mm-hmm. it wasn't that that attractive. Like to for me yeah. to add anything that's, extra that's, to my schedule. That's deep. You know, we um in the book we kind of talk about our Greek life. Um, with Jabari pledging Alpha and I pledging um, AKA, um, and we we talk like s- semi to what you just said. Like sometimes we have these preconceived notions of what they are, you know. And so you know we're getting into this gang, and you know mm-hmm. those your colors, these my colors. We don't talk to them people. These people don't talk to us, you know. And it was so different, Michael. Yeah. Like it, it, like the once again, I keep saying the relationships. I'm a relationship counselor, so I always focus on relationships. But the relationships, like. They just superseded your colors. Like I know you had Jocelyn on your show um, a couple weeks back. She's one of our best friends, and she's a Delta. You know, mm-hmm. she is the godmother to my son. You know, like um, mm-hmm. naturally, we naturally compete against one another. And girl, look at them crazy. You know, we, you know we get reckless like that sometimes. But at the end of the day, as a Panhellenic organization, it's specifically on North Carolina A&T's campus. We were all together. We were all a united front. We all had love for one another. It was just another place where under that umbrella of A&T where we connected with mm-hmm. people, you know, mm-hmm. and now, you know, some of our closest relationships come from, you know, these organizations. So I think that is another big piece of a HBCU experience, um, joining organizations. And there, there are a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, because I saw, like, I saw the togetherness when I went to like my first real step show. Um, mm-hmm. I, one, I, I teach group fitness, and one of the ladies that come to my Zumba classes, she's in a, a sorority, and she was in the step show. So she was like, uh, "Who would you like to come?" And she invited some other ladies that was in the class, and I was like, "I'll come." Like, yeah, I'm, I'm trying mm-hmm. to see this. 
and mm-hmm. uh, just the experience of the support that everybody had for each uh, group that was on the stage and just uh, the the community that, that was like they it was it just like it's making my head tingle right now just just seeing the 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 togetherness that everybody supported everybody even though we was in our different groups we uh we support y'all like we cheering for y'all we still we still rooting for your success and and what you did and and the work that you put in absolutely hey don't forget kamala right now you know look at that right Mm -hmm. like every beyond her being an aka you know everybody's like nah she panhandling it like we all all the greeks going behind her or you know she went to an hbcu forget it being howard all the hbcus behind you you know like that is that type of community of rallying behind you know like jabari said just like-minded you know Mm -hmm. that like-minded person we all got your back not just because of you know whatever but this is just another component to kamala feels very familiar man you feel like you knew her on the yard Mm -hmm. you know you know where she comes from you know what what rights of passages she's she's crossed i mean it's just it's a normal feeling i feel like a girl from across the yard is running for vice president Mm-hmm. And what do I look like saying I'm not about to get behind that and try to make mm-hmm. sure, you know, that she becomes the first African-American VP of this country and the first right. woman VP of this country. So, right. And, and like when you the first, like, like, how can you <laughs> as a, from a person from the outside looking in as, as a first, like, <laughs> there's nothing like like there's there's no expectations so how can we have expectations for this person that's doing the thing the first like they're going to mess up like they're they're going to have some struggles in that first but it also opens the door for other people and i think that's what we like i uh a lot of people are starting to realize with at least especially with barack obama like he was a first, maybe he didn't do as much for us or whatever you think, but just that symbol of him being in that office yep. was enough to get the ball moving. Yep, yep, sure, sure. So, um, how, how did you all pick out HBCUs? Like, what it, what what went into that process as well? Uh, with me, I was actually about to follow my dad's footsteps. So I was committed to Georgia Tech my entire senior year. I think I got into Georgia Tech in November of my senior year. And uh, I was committed all the way until about May, <laughs> which aligns with graduation. <laughs> so I went on a on a freshman visit and I, and I man, it was a it was a heck of an experience. It was an isolating experience because I, I went there and I looked around and I didn't see too many people that looked like me. So, um, you know, the, that first layer of making easy friends, I just was like, ah, it's going to be a little tougher. So I opened the door back up um, and, and put a t back on the table. Me and my mom went for a, a late visit in June. Uh, and walking around that campus, it felt like home immediately. Mm-hmm. It felt, felt a great sense of belonging. Um, just felt like I was going to be surrounded by such rich black culture. Um, and that just really resonated with me. I, once I got, I got to meet a lot of the professors that I would be, 
taking classes from. And it was so much diversity in their engineering staff at A&T that yeah. I didn't feel like I was missing anything. Like, oh, okay, I'm just gonna only have black engineers. And that's that's one thing I don't think people really know on the outside world. Like, you, you're still getting a variety of, of perspectives at a HBCU because you're all your professors are not about to be black and I'd be a nice majority of them, but they're not all about to be black. But, um, you know, it, it was, it was very warm and I'm on, on that visit. And I'll, the only other thing I needed to make sure that they were going to give me some money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that was the last important part. And, uh, man, once that came through, it was a done daughter for me. Mm-hmm. I think for me, um, I was committed to Alabama state. So, um, it was crazy how both Jabari and I changed our minds at the last minute and ended up at ANT. Um, but in, I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina, which is only about an hour from Greensboro where ANT is. Um, and ANT was known as a party school, you know, mm-hmm. in the state of North Carolina, it's a state school, it's a party school, you know, that's where people go when they get in, you know, mm-hmm. um, I was a smart girl at school, you know, and I was like, I ain't going no auntie, you know, just because I'm I'm better than that. And oh my gosh, how wrong I was, you yeah. know, like to know that that's not, I don't know where auntie gets this kind of thing from where people think this, but it's so far from the truth. Yeah. It, it is so far from the truth. But it's a false narrative. It's a very, very false narrative. I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. just the bright minds that are there, the beautiful people. Now, will Auntie give you a chance, you know, for that kid that might be struggling? Yeah, they they, they may give you a semester, but sis, if you ain't got it right by uh, December, you gonna <laughs> be going back home to mama, you know? Right. <laughs> I think yeah. that's the other beautiful thing about yeah. the school, but um, I received a scholarship at the last minute to Auntie, um, and it was like, okay, well, I guess I'll try it out. I mean, just, it was a very random decision of, I mean, I had a roommate at Alabama State, everything, and a very last minute, last money. Well, let me try it out. I went yeah. to the, um, it wasn't freshman week. What is it when you go and the orientation? orientation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Went to orientation. Um, I didn't have a roommate at orientation. Summer orientation. Yes, yeah, summer orientation. And I met my, my roommate, my then roommate, Shannon. She didn't have a roommate either. And it was like, okay, well, let's be roommates then. And we're yeah. both. You know, we're 18, still, yeah, still best friends. <laughs> you know, both 18, both scared. I don't think people realize when you walk on that campus, like, I think in yeah. high school, you think you the shit. You popular, you know, everybody, saying, you yeah. know, everybody know you. But when you go onto this campus, oh my gosh, you're like this little peasant. Mm-hmm. And so you easily bond, guess what, with other little peasants mm-hmm. like you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> become friends and that that's how Shannon and I were like oh my gosh we're so scared what should we do you know we then became roommates for the school year that's how Jabari and I met because she was mm-hmm. from Atlanta um some of our other friends that live like right across the hall from us you know we're still friends to this day and now we're friends with their friends and I mean it just grew and grew and grew mm-hmm. but that first step of stepping foot on that campus it's it's just another world yeah. it, it, it is really world we were talking this morning about you know yes college is not for everybody we get that you know and and i understand that but i do believe that the culture and the experiences that you get from college are needed Mm -hmm. you know think about it everyone is not ready at 18 just to go live out on their own so you need to go to college so because you're not really living on your own you think you are but that's for play play you know you still (laughs) you somebody still got eyes on you somebody's still you know checking in on you you got your RA and you know 
you have freedom, but I think we still need those experiences to truly to make, to mold us yeah. and, and help us become this adult in society. Yeah, I, I tell people like the experience of you can it, it's it's four years where you can mess up and it won't it won't direct like not mess up big. Not, <laughs> but, you you know, you can you can you can have those bumps, those bruises and mm-hmm. and and still come out unscathed yeah. because you've learned a lesson without the pressure of it being as serious as I'm getting evicted from my apartment type thing. Right. Right, 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 right. And and I'm all like, I I had a well, I had to navigate the whole process myself. So mm-hmm. my like no nobody in my family ever went to like went to traditional college mm-hmm. or even graduated from college. So, um, and I went to a, a predominantly white uh, high school. And like the counselors didn't didn't prepare me for nothing. Like I was I was just out there. I didn't know what to do. I I went to the first uh, college that accepted me. Uh, I went to Iowa State, <laughs> spent a whole bunch of money there. Like and I didn't get the grades that I wanted. So I had to humble myself and look at myself in the face and be like, All right, you didn't do too well. Are you gonna stick it out or are you gonna you gonna shift shift to a um, and I didn't, I didn't talk about what, the, how I came up with successes in my religion, the podcast, but I had to, I had to pivot my thinking to, um, uh, to what do I really want out of life? Right. You know what I mean? I could stay at this school, spend a bunch of money and get C's or I can go and try to play basketball because that was my passion and, um, go to a smaller school and, and maybe have other possibilities and mm-hmm. i that's what I, I chose that like nobody nobody consulted with me no i was like i'm i'm a move uh one of my coaches was like uh here's a, a tryout form go try out when you back or whatever and uh i went and tried out i ended up being on the jv team for all four years but that just that decision of um uh, going and humbling myself and seeing and being self-aware and and self-assessing that I ain't gonna make it in this (laughs) 50,000 person school because I don't know what's going on I might get the right help and stuff (laughs) Mike you think you can ball man (laughs) (laughs) I I don't think I can ball but I like to win so uh, (laughs) I I mean if you want to challenge you you can challenge me but I stay in shape <laughs> Michael, I think that's just so important what you said because you hit it on the head. I too was a first generation college student um, myself. I went to a all black school in Charlotte, um, West Charlotte, um, and it was no. I mean, this, this was one of the only schools that was left in Charlotte that, um, like, before segregation and all that. So it had a lot of rich history. Um, but in it, when I when I came through, it would, I ain't gonna say it was like that, <laughs> but. Um, I just remember that same experience that you had with somebody saying, hey, here, go try out. I had so many counselors or teachers that were just so amazing. Um, and I was blessed that they saw something in me that said, here, put your put your name right here. 
Um, tell your mom I need your social security number. Um, fill this out mm-hmm. and didn't even realize they were putting me in for scholarships or feel, sit right here. Don't get up. You're going to fill this out. You And it was those things. So that last minute um, thing, the last minute scholarship to a that was a that was one of my teachers that did that and said, fill this out right here. I think you will like this. Mm-hmm. I think this is some money. OK, you know, and. Those were the people that were in my life um, that, I mean, I give them all the, not all, but they just, they were so paramount in getting me to where I was and then getting to A&T, you know? And so as we talk about our experience there, I mean, sometimes the handholding, Michael, that our professors and our deans and just the people there did with us and helped us, you know, to succeed. I mean, we are standing on these people's shoulders. You know, and I think that was the difference. And like you said, going to this huge school where, you know, someone may not know you, but at A&T, our professors knew us. You know, you didn't get something in. Hey, here, little girl, I told you this was due. Why? You know, and you know they care. It's that level of care. It, it was that yeah. level of care yeah. that they showed. Now, everybody wasn't like that. I'm not going to say that. But a lot of them were. And that that was the difference. That is the difference is something we still are big on and even now trying to give back you know we have a lot of little cousins and stuff like that that we're like where you at where you going have you filled this out like because we know that people did that for us so we just mm-hmm. kind of want to pay it forward that, and that's what i do i don't do a lot of hand holding because <laughs> that just ain't in my uh thing but i get them to where the i get my students to where they need to be like I need you to go talk to this person and go go follow through with the because I'm a big picture guy like I'm uh, a lot of people get scared by the the big vision the overall vision I don't because like I I use reverse engineering and Mm -hmm. I just I just see I see the 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 milestones that we have to hit with each person that I I I um come in contact with especially students like I know that whole path because like I had to navigate it all by myself. So I'm going to help put you in position. You have to follow through with it. And um, the, I I think for me, there's not a lot of people that are uh, um, in that, that bigger picture thinking um, and, and communicating that we have a lot of people like I, I work at a high school, so we have a lot of resources available. Right. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of organizations that are helping. And in the, the black and brown community, it's how do we use those or how do we connect the dots for the future? And that's what's been my biggest mission is to figure out how to get everybody to be able to to connect the dots for themselves to get out of whatever situation they're in mm-hmm. and um that's my whole thinking like i mean i do hold handhold hand uh <laughs> emotionally like i like i'm i'm gonna talk through the issues that you have in like let's let's talk through this because you know as black and brown people we we come from a whole bunch of circumstances that are that could be negative and most of them are and we're trying to battle out of the negativity to get even even you know and and i'm like all right like i'm gonna talk you through this we still have to go through these steps that um uh, this one two three of applying for scholarships and talking to our counselor talking to their advisors and 
but we also have to deal with these other issues that are surrounding us so so that we can still move forward because some of those circumstances can can be uh roadblocks and they they might stop us from those opportunities that that we may need are to get us to the place like a and t to to be able to thrive you know yeah and, and that's that's my big my big picture thinking i got a whole bunch of other stuff but um it just as far as like the podcast is concerned like i am i'm a life coach <laughs> as one of my uh many careers that i have <laughs> um, but like success is my religion is a play on words because religion is the study of and um success is i think the number one option for um the black and brown people to 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 be focused on and studying success like a religion and not just have it come upon us like it it don't just come upon you like like you you're positioning yourself if you even if you don't know it but but now we're in a place and time to where we have so much resources available that we can actually be intentional and deliberate back when we was in school like it was just like we didn't have no facebook we didn't have like oh facebook might, might have been just coming out or whatever and <laughs> we didn't have none of that that extra stuff we had to actually go get the book from the library to to read and and stuff like that so it was kind of we we doing this adjustment game but now our students now your kids that that are growing up now they have an opportunity to actually be intentional and deliberate about what their life what their life is going to be created what life is going to be created and that's where my success talks come from is like we have that opportunity to create our I mean, I'm third generation uh, removed from slavery. My my great grandpa was a, a a freed slave. So what what does that mean? Like, I have an opportunity to build an empire three years removed, or three generations removed. Right. Like that's powerful, and I don't think we really. Um, well, I'm not in a lot of black and brown spaces, but <laughs> but. Um, from what I talk, like, I don't think we really understand the power of that, how close we are to our past. We talk about our ancestors. Those were our relatives. Like, our ancestors was the one getting on the boat in 1765 uh, or 95. Well, I forgot the date. but <laughs> yeah, 16, 1695. 16, yeah. yeah. It's always the dates. I'm just circling back to your Facebook comment. Did you know that AT was one of the first black schools on Facebook? Really? Back when it be just for colleges? Yeah, that was <laughs> that was one of the first ones. One of the first ones, man. I remember my Facebook account. You used to have to have a college oh, email yeah, huh? to log into Facebook mm-hmm. because they wanted to keep it to where it was, you know, about, just for just about colleges. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was definitely one of the first one. I think when we got on, I think only like Spellman might have been on. Um, matter of fact, Mark Zuckerberg was at AT. Matter of fact, we hosted him on campus about three years ago, about three years ago for a town hall because he he remembers us, you know, being one of those one of those initial schools, one of those initial groups of people to help that engine get going. So there's a there's a little old love story between Facebook and AT grads, mm-hmm. man. 
that's pretty neat. That's um uh, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, can you talk about how um your HBCU prepared you for like the careers that you are in? Because I know you you work for worked for and work for Fortune five hundred companies. Like how how um did it help you um be able to and and you probably got the confidence already. You already knew you were smart, but <laughs> um, how do you have the confidence to move in those uh, those environments that are you don't see a lot of us? You know, I think four years of being surrounded by black excellence. I mean, folks with ambition, folks that will support you at a drop of a dime, folks that will give you a ride to the calf, uh, folks that will let you borrow lunch money. I mean, when you're around all these people on a consistent basis that you know have a genuine care for you, it just, the worry of fear becomes a lot less. It definitely fosters a sense of confidence uh, when you when you step into a boardroom. Um, there's, there's definitely that strong strong sense of self that, uh, that shines through. And um, I, I just think it's something that's unparalleled to, you know, some of the experiences that you may get at other institutions, but it's that family-like feel that really um, just nurtures, nurtures your, your, uh, your success. Mm-hmm. I think for me, um, yeah. for me, it was the, um, the support, you know, that you just kind of have behind you. Um, you for especially starting a business oh my gosh that's so scary you know I can easily go here and work for this counseling agency or this school be a professor here or um work in this community mental health but wanting to be scary you know will I get clients you know who's gonna come um but immediately when I started I mean and I put up a picture on Facebook of the new space man within five minutes a hundred people had shared it, yeah. <laughs> it was like, and I'm not a big social media person. So mm. that, that experience for me was just like, wow, so many people still have my back, whether mm. I talk to them every day or not, you know? So um, for me, it was just the support. And I, and I think, especially for A&T, you know, how you always hear those sayings of lifting up another person. Like I really get that. Like, it's not about your success or your success. So I can't pump her up because that's going to take away from me. Yeah, no, our, our yeah, success. Yeah. You represent A&T, which means you represent me. You we, win, we win. We we win. We all in. And guess what? We all going to eat together. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. I that, that just kind of helped me. Um, And you, you touched on a, a big point of like, just putting it out there like i'm in that space right now where like i said i'm building an empire i'm slowly but surely by myself figuring out who i want to be what kind of leader i want to be what i want to put out into the world and just putting out a picture of the space that you worked hard to get and -hmm. people shared it which started you know may have started somebody um, a client for you like I'm in that space right now of like I just need to put this stuff out there out here and it I know it's going I know it's effective right so I have a uh an online training course for uh students and busy parents 
to help students be more intentional about um, learning the skills of organization and time management through going like through their school process, high school and then uh, college process Mm -hmm. and just being scheduling their time and um, when they're going to do something, when uh, where they're going to do it, how they're going to do it, uh, preparing for it beforehand and like. Uh, I I done recorded all the 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 videos and everything. I uploaded the videos, and I just need to finish the sales page and put it out there. And and, and I'm up here struggling with that. I'm like, what am I doing? I just put it out there, and and it could get shared. And even if it doesn't, I I did what I was supposed to do. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, it, it it'll take care of itself after that, anyways, because you put in the work. I put in the work. You put in the work to get to that place where you you post were able to post that picture, and now people are going to reciprocate. And you know, um, it it's amazing what success you have to do it alone for so long. But when you put it out there, people recognize it, yeah. <laughs> and people will will support that. Absolutely, absolutely, I agree. So you let us know how we can support you. So we will retweet it when you put it out. Okay, I, I got you. Like that's my that's my Sunday project tomorrow. Sure. Right, the rest of today and tomorrow. We gonna hope I gotta, we gonna look for it tomorrow. <laughs> all right, all right. Because like I ain't even got no more videos to to do. Like man, I gotta. I, I'm just. I mean, I got. I do got a lot on my plate, but like that's no excuse. And being a part of this, uh, the HBCU experience movement, being a partner, um, has showed me like. Everybody that I that I interviewed in in this series, like they've been super supportive, and they, y'all don't even know me like that. You know what I mean? And that's crazy to me. Listen, we we got we're a team attach- now. Yeah, we attachment issues at AT. Like you come one time, we feel like you a cousin. Come mm-hmm. on, like <laughs> that's how. And I appreciate it. That, like that's that's accountability that I want. Like I, I don't need somebody giving me the 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 little nuances, the little details. No. Like I'll figure those out because like I, I'm good at making adjustments, but just being like encouraging and saying, Hey, you got an idea, put it out there. Let's see what happened. Yeah. That's the that's the accountability that I need. And a lot of people think it's it's like the 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 nuances. Like I'm real structured in what I do and I I study a lot Mm -hmm. for for that moment you know like I don't I don't just do it on a whim like I study and uh, I prepare and I plan and I and then once it but it's a new concept Mm -hmm. and a new idea Mm -hmm. and putting new art out there as an artist in my form of art this is, is my shit <laughs> right right i'm like and, and it's new and I, I have to train people to think a different way a little bit but i know it'll catch on it has catch on, caught on and you know when i talk to people on a regular basis i you know i'm just i'm just going through like those motions but it's time for us to or time for me to mm-hmm. step out and and actually put myself out there like you said just a few minutes ago um I could go work like I could stay working at this school for however many years or um I could work for Best Buy or whatever Mm -hmm. but 
if I have something that I know is going to be helpful and I can make money off of it, why don't I do that? And I can live and do the things that I want to do and still help the people that I want to help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brother, brother, you got it, man. You got it. You're going you're gonna to definitely figure it out. We yeah. wish you the best. And we, yeah. we I appreciate that. Yeah. Like, But I yeah. tomorrow, tomorrow, <laughs> I'm going to send you the link. Y'all, y'all tell me what y'all think. <laughs> y'all send, right. I'll send you the link. I te- y'all tell me what y'all think. We got right. you. So, um, y'all are another you the second power couple that we had on this i've had on this uh podcast what does success mean to you all that's one of my favorite questions to ask people mm-hmm. and it's crazy because as a therapist i ask that question all the time um because sometimes i feel that naturally as um a culture that success equals money you know and mm-hmm. have all this money to be successful um, that it, it now we need money. Let me be clear. Um, but <laughs> I do not think that is the epitome of success. Success for me is health, um, emotionally and physically, um, and that level of happiness with my children. So, um, and my family. So I am just big on my kids mean the world to me, you know, and so I want to make sure that they are happy. They are healthy. My husband is happy. He is healthy. Um, And when all of that kind of comes together, I think it rolls into the traveling and the fun times and this, that. And so it's this holistic life, you know, that Mm -hmm. we really try to strive for. And when I reach that level of holisticness, if that's a word, that's my definition. That's my pinnacle of success. I'm I'm living this holistic, full life, not just I'm this big time hot shot that make all this money. Eh, I could do that and don't have anyone that loves me. Oh, I can do that and don't have a cute chocolate one to, uh, to uh, lay up in the bed with at night. You speak know? on hey. oh, I can have all this money and not have that 10 year old that wakes up with, how can I piss mommy off today? You know, <laughs> and love and, and make me proud in the next moment. Like I can, I can have all this money and not have a little three year old that smack me, but yeah. then, you know, kiss me on my cheek and say, oh, mommy, I'm sorry. Like, um, my son is not abusive. Okay. Yeah. Well, we- <laughs> let's get that right. This is this is out there. Call Mari back on that one, okay? But um, you know that that so that holistic full piece is my definition of success. What you say, baby? Yeah, yeah. For me, for me, success is is legacy. Um, and and legacy is measured by impact. And so you know you just got to think about all the different areas where you can impact change or impact improvement. And you try to do that. You kind of start kind of start with you know, writing your life out from end to beginning as opposed to beginning to the end. What do you what do you want for it, people to say about you when you when you left this earth? Um and I mean when those thoughts start coming to your head, it, it helps you to get aligned with what you should be shooting for. Um with me when you when you're speaking about impact, you know, the way the way money gets involved with impact is money can be an enabler for reaching more people, impacting more people, mm-hmm. um, and enhance, enhance it, what you it, what you it, want to do. It, exactly. So that's why you have to, you know, add money into the equation when it comes to the ideas of success, because it's about not how much you can buy, but how many more people can you help now? I mean, Oprah can help millions, mm-hmm. 
versus right now my bank account can only help you know <laughs> hundred. It, it's just the uh-huh. whole. It's a it's a different scale. So um, man, people also just listen to you more. Your your reach, your voice, um, it goes a lot farther. You know that you are about your money, you about your family, you about your faith. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just increases your reach and your voice and your words and just adds all the validation you needed for people to believe you. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That's how, that's just how I define impact. Man. You, if you're not working at your legacy, what you're going to leave behind, you're really wasting time. Yeah. And you, you touched on a, a, a big thing. Like we don't know how much time we got left. And y'all heard last night, uh, I didn't bring that yeah. up, that's man. <laughs> that's that's mm. tough for us, man. That's mm, tough. it's real tough. Like I saw that, not like I promise, I shared a tear. Yeah. No, no like, like, I, I was like, I am truly crushed, dude. I mean, I, my sons are huge Black Panther fans, man. Um, to the point where we haven't even told them yet this morning. Yeah. You know what's what's all going on, but just to kill the idea. Um, just to see that man die off and him just two years ago, given not just black kids around the world, I mean, especially black kids, but kids mm-hmm. around the world, that that sense of pride and, and, and knowing that you come from something royal, um, knowing that you're not, that you don't come from something less than, um, man, that is, that is invaluable. And mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm glad he he did not just Black Panther he did the Jackie Robinson movie you know he did he did so many movies and and that's that's what I really wanted to touch on is that he lived his life to the fullest he was in all of these movies and and we'll look at it uh, moving forward but we we're gonna see that like he he was in it like even Kobe Bryant died at 42 as well like yeah. are you serious? Like, but he did everything that he was supposed to do all the way up until that point. He lived life to the fullest. And, and we really need to, to look at that and be like, we don't know if it's going to be uh, 39, 42, 50. We don't know when it's going to 53. Uh, Cliff Robinson, he died last night, too. Like, uh <laughs> you feel me like yeah. so if you have an idea if anybody is listening if you have an idea get it out there go after it pursue it yeah. pursue it like like nobody's business because it is your business if he hadn't did those movies he wouldn't have been black panther if he hadn't he hadn't pursued what he wanted mm. and and did it with in a spirit of excellence so um I'm I'm telling everybody like now we you put it out there, yeah. put it out there in the universe what you want and own it, own what you want. Like he, we wouldn't have had Black Panther if you didn't own I wanna be a a a, a an a actor mm-hmm. and and set about going at going to be an actor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mike, I don't I don't know if you're aware, but um Man, I am a, a cancer survivor. So to hear, mm-hmm. um, you know, my man Chadwick Bozeman passing from colon cancer, which is a, which is the same exact way that I lost my father, um, and and to be a cancer survivor, it, it's it's touching on so many more levels than mm-hmm. than the <laughs> ideas that he inspired. Man, it's, yeah. it's seeing another young black man 
um, that I idolized mm-hmm. um, being snatched away from me again. Um, so it's, you know, understanding that sense of urgency is something that I learned firsthand about two years ago when I, when I was diagnosed. Um, and you, the amount of thoughts that rush through your head the moment you get that diagnosis, they all, you know, kind of, kind of, um, reveal or lend themselves to, to thoughts of, am I going to be here tomorrow? And when mm-hmm. you start just thinking about life that way and realizing how much time is not guaranteed, it's not a guaranteed book at all. You know, you gotta, you gotta go for it. Um, and, and then not only just that perspective, you gotta also look at what you're wasting your time with, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 and cut that stuff off immediately it's so much stuff that i wasn't doing pre um cancer diagnosis to or 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 relationships or or time spent you're just trying to be a little bit more intent about where your time needs to go um so it it was extremely enlightening from that perspective but you know i our aggie family rallied around us through that period of time I mean, mm-hmm. it was looking after our kids because we had to go to a, you know, chemo for a day where it was, um, you know, sending gas money so we could drive the chemo on the other side of the town. Um, dropping Aggies, food off. <laughs> man, dropping food dropping off. Dropping wine off. Like, Aggie stepped in. I mean, and that's something that's invaluable, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not speaking down on, on PWIs, but I just don't know if that same family and for some of my friends that I do know that went to PWIs, I know for sure that their relationships are not to that depth. It's at least on a wide scale. I'm not saying that that can't happen. Mm-hmm. The the amount of Aggies that stepped in to support me, I mean, you're talking about, I we received donations from what? A hundred yeah, different, different folks just like, hey, Man, that's that's twenty five dollars to go get y'all a, a meal. Let or me something. let me take care of dinner I mean, for you today. Like, just, I mean, just and not pouring. asking, not asking for stuff. It was. I'm just, talking just agony. Just let me. Just let me do. Let me let me. I can't come and fix dinner for you, but here, go get bonefish. Is my favorite restaurant. I'm getting picked up. <laughs> I can tell. I'm gonna have to come to Atlanta and go to bonefish. Here's <laughs> go to bonefish, and everybody knows it. So that's their little yeah. joke. Like, yeah. uh-huh. go to bonefish. You know, like go go get food for y'all. Like it yeah. was just. So I so when we when we talk about this book, Michael, when we talk about our school, I don't know if you can get our sentiments of the depth of the love that we feel yeah. for it. Like it is just, and and it maybe it was that experience. Yes, we've always loved our school, we've always loved our friends, but that experience right there, oh man, like it it, it puts it in your face of like, no, y'all, this ain't play play. Yeah, like this is real. real life. Real. We love y'all. Whatever you need me to do. I am there, like, and when somebody lends themselves to you like that, man, you can you, put. You no know price how on much that. people gotta love you to keep your kids. Yo, mm-hmm. <laughs> somebody come pick your kids up. They <laughs> <laughs> yeah. picked them up, took them to the zoo, took them to the museum, took them to the movies. I, I mean, mean just all the distractions. Kept they them every just... single distraction yeah. to keep to make sure they're still emotionally healthy and happy, and they're not missing anything. They My still mommy, don't know to this day. Yeah, they still don't know about the diagnosis, but to you know, really to know yeah. mommy and daddy are 
they got to go do something. But, you know, for a week at a time, I'm over here, there. Like, yeah. it, it was a real thing. And, and and we talk about that in the book. So to bring that back, we talk about that in the book. Um, and we just talk about just our love, like, and, and we what we experience with these people, with each other. And it all started by making that decision, that last minute decision in May to go mm-hmm. to ANT. So that's our story. Wow, I I don't I don't even want to say anything after that. That's that's a <laughs> absolute b- the best ending to a podcast I could ever imagine. Right there, <laughs> that was true and from the heart. Um, I appreciate you all coming. I I know time is valuable, um, and I want to make sure that we stand on time. Mm-hmm. But I appreciate you all coming on the Success of My Religion podcast and. Uh, all the best to you and hold me accountable tomorrow tomorrow i'm gonna have it tomorrow <laughs> and michael thank you so much for having us um and then even thank you to your listeners for listening if we could can we give them um our igs just so we can oh yeah 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 go ahead all of that so um, I am the dope sex therapist on IG. I would love to connect with people um, that want to talk about mental health or have questions about mental health or marriages and sex. Um, we also have a property in Destin. I told you we just moved from Florida about two years ago where we bought a little beach house down there and we put it on VRBO and Airbnb. So um, we would love for people to go check that out. And that's on IG at book Destin 107. That is book B O O K. Destin, one of the best Florida, Come best beaches in the country, best beaches you'll ever see. Um, JB's IGs and stuff is what you got a lot of them. Uh, <laughs> if, if you if you go to Jabari, okay. um, with all underscores in between every letter, so J underscore A underscore B underscore A underscore R underscore I. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've got my other Instagram handles on there, which are um, business adventures. Uh, business venture, sorry, um, which is the, the, the vacation rental, and then also I started a beer running club about four years ago with one a what with a beer running club. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we we take off from different breweries and and local uh, brew pubs around town, and uh, we we run about three or four miles, um, and then after that we just kind of celebrate the run with a little <laughs> little, little little frosty beverage. Uh, yeah, we got chapters in three cities, man. It's, it's been a great way of meeting people from all walks of life um, mm-hmm. just, and just getting that exercise in, you know, keeping that level of commitment. So uh, that's We Run For Brew. If you guys go on IG, uh, look for We Run For Brew, and it's Brew spelled B-R-U. Um, so, yeah, yeah, go find me. Yeah. Let's stay connected. And go get the North Carolina A&T um second edition mm-hmm. hbcu experience movement book um it's coming out in september right around the corner mm-hmm. um go get that uh i appreciate y'all again we will connect i will connect everybody to your instagrams and um man that was powerful and i appreciate you coming on thank you so thank much you. michael we thank you I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Success is My Religion podcast. Go ahead and hit that five stars and leave me a review. And be sure to follow me on all social media platforms at Work Hard Movement. I work hard. I work hard.
you to work hard.